out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. I'm thrilled to welcome Natalie on Meet Me in the Field. We've known each other for a few years, kind of at a distance. But strangely, since she's been in the UK, we've become close. She has a hectic work and social schedule. You know, the life of the young and fabulous in the UK. So it took us a while to get the recording set up and done, but I'm happy that she did. Natalie is a warm and loving soul who has done a lot of work on herself for the past, I don't know, 15 years to become the person she is today. Although still relatively young, she knows who she is, what she stands for, what she wants, and how to go for it. I called her the contribution maker because she made a significant change in her life, moving out of the decor and fashion world into a career where she can contribute to people's lives on an individual basis. I think she's doing that excellently. Please look out for information on my book, Life and Non, A 12-Step Guide to Life. You can find it by following the link from the right of the homepage, which is www.freddy.org.za. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop at www.freddyshop.co.za. This is Natalie's story. Sit back, relax and enjoy. So do you get a pop-up on your screen to say you're aware that, it re- that it's recorded? Yeah, yeah, it just happened now. Yeah, so you can't, so you can't afterwards say, but I didn't know that you were recording. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just having a casual chat, but now it's all out there in the airwaves of the world. Natalie, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Freddie. So nice oh, liar, to join liar, you. Pants on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we were very excited. <laughs> that's cool. Thank you so much for making this time and putting your energy in. I know life is a bit hectic for you at the moment, um, but here we are. And we're going to talk about your favorite subject, and that's you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you know it? (laughs) And one of my favorite subjects, too, you. (laughs) I talk about you constantly, you know. (laughs) So so tell the listeners, where are you, where are we speaking from? Where are you speaking from? Somewhere in the UK. I am in Kent in the UK, which is in the south. I'm actually, I stay in Tunbridge. So that's about a 45-minute train journey from central London. Um, And yeah, that's me. And today, over the past week, it's gotten a lot colder. So everyone's turned their heating on and, you know, onesies and thick socks. So I know we're doing a bit of a reversal. Cape Town's getting better. We're getting worse. So yeah, preparing ourselves for a winter, and let's hope it's not as bleak as the lockdown winter that we just um, that we came out of. <laughs> Gone through, um, and but you've had a good yeah. summer though. It, it was a nice, warm summer. Well, it was warm, but it was very interrupted. But apparently, because I've been, this would have been my third summer. Well, actually, sorry, it was my second full summer because I three years ago I came in autumn. But basically, last year's summer was apparently quite unusual because there wasn't much rain and it was really hot. That was, lo- yeah, that was like a lockdown summer. This <sighs> summer was inside, much enjoy. more. I know. And this <laughs> summer was actually, we were allowed, you know, finally allowed to go out, but it was actually apparently much more of a typical British summer, which was okay. rain, 
rain sunny wow. rain sunny so it was warm but it was a lot of it yeah it was there was quite a bit of rain and it wasn't it wasn't like last summer so yeah was but you know I've kind of realized no matter what climate you're in you're always gonna complain like in South Africa <laughs> oh, it's too hot and I come here oh, it's too cold. <laughs> no so I'm just trying to appreciate that's one thing that I don't really believe in is the concept of too hot when it comes to weather yeah yeah um, well I, I love 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 heat a few years ago two years ago three years ago around about october this time i said to my husband i am sick of being cold i want mm. i want to go on holiday and i want to go with a place where i can be warm hot so he said to me, well, egypt dubai so he said well book book a holiday for us so i booked a 10-day trip to um to the Karoo, the Karoo national park and oh, um, I love the Karoo. Yeah. So we in December in the Karoo and we hit 46 degrees twice. <laughs> oh my god, you're making me I'm so jealous right now, even hearing. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> it was awesome. So you were born and bred in South Africa. That is right. So I was born in 1989 and I lived in Cape Town until I was around six. And then we moved to Texas in America. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I have quite an interesting, um, interesting history. So, so, so what did you go to? We moved there for my dad's job because my dad um, is a geophysicist. So that basically means he works in the oil business. So he is he basically like works with formulas and things like that, that find and technology that finds oil in the rocks. So he's like on the science, like geology side of things. Whoa. So clearly I did not inherit my <laughs> mathematical. <laughs> um, oh, oh, yeah. My brother and sister really have like a really good at that, but not me. Um, oh, so, so you, you and obviously Texas, you know, <laughs> I know I've got the creative side in the looks. No, <laughs> fabulous. You know, they can keep, they, they, they can keep them. Um, <laughs> so basically, we moved there for my dad's job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, keep keep the math and all the money that goes. Lived there for like two years. Um, it was just yeah, my brother. My brother's two years younger than me, so it was me, uh, Ben, and my parents, and then. We moved to Norway in um, uh, to Oslo, uh, which was um, for the same kind of job. Oh my word! Um, so, yeah, so that's why I actually have quite a diluted South African accent, as I'm sure you've picked <laughs> up. It's not a very strong, and I've got like a bit of an American twang, and that's because when I was, le- you know, I was learning to read and write all those things as an yeah. American. You know, your formative years when yes. you pick up on different, you know, accents and things. So. Um, I went to an international school in Norway. I had a really great time. And and interesting, we talk about weather because I had such a contrast of going to super humid Texas to (laughs) super icy Norway to going to school in snowsuits. Like crazy. My husband did his PhD in Finland. Um, And he left South Africa, I think, on something like the the 31st of January, or the, sorry, the 31st of December. And it was, it was plus 25 degrees when he left Cape Town and he landed in minus 25 degrees in Finland. (laughs) No, I can't. No, I actually cannot. (laughs) 50 degree change. Can you imagine that? That can't be, that can't be good for your system. Well, 
no, that is. Well, you know, when I came to Cape Town in um in December, oh, and yeah, December Jan, yeah. it was when I I was strange because obviously I did both. So I left UK and it was like I think the day I left was also like a minus, and then I arrived. I think it was like a minus five or something. And yeah. then I arrived and it was a um it was also like 20 plus okay. It's not 50 uh, degrees difference, but it, it's but not 50, good. 50 is good enough. So um how long were you in in in, in Oslo for? So that was like around three years, and then we moved back home to South Africa and we lived in Fishhook for several years and then to Nootook. Um and then from there, I went to um, Fishhook School for a few years, like primary school. And then I went to a private high school, which was interesting. And I was actually <laughs> chatting to a friend yesterday. And I think like just in terms of confidence and self-esteem and all of that stuff, it definitely took quite a knock, you know, being quite a down-to-earth, I guess, offbeat kind of person in this very, you know, rich private school. Definitely, uh, you know, especially being a more vulnerable human, you know, as we are. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's interesting how, yeah, I guess it had an effect, but all in all, yeah, like great education and yeah, so I don't know and with how your much father, more you want to know from that point. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's cool. It paints the picture quite nicely. And with your father being a scientist, um, did you grow up religiously or was he one of those God who's no science or... <laughs> what's interesting is like often that is the case but actually my dad is comes from an irish catholic family oh my word and um his yeah so he actually like weirdly enough when he was 19 so he left school and he thought i'm gonna become a priest so he went to go study for a year and then he realized that's absolutely not what i want to do and then two years later he married my mom and um (laughs) And he, so basically I was brought up a Catholic and I was, um, had my first Holy Communion and we, you know, we grew up in church, but then I guess it, uh, I, I didn't want to be, we didn't go for our um, catechism classes and I, and we sort of just tapered out of the, the church vibe as a family. And a lot of, you know, things happened in our family. And at the end of the day, yeah, it just kind of like, didn't really become such a part of our lives. And okay. So my parents don't go to church anymore. I'd say, I'd say they're both spiritual in their own ways, but definitely, even though my dad has that scientific side, I still think he has that spiritual side um, and he would never classify himself as an atheist. So he definitely believes in like, you know, believes in God. And my mom's also, my mom um, practices some like Buddhism ways and um, principles in her life. And I have my own like kind of, like eclectic um spiritual kind of foundation and practice so cool that's awesome um and can you remember as as a child going to church and those type of things did 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 you kind of i don't know how to put this but did, did you kind of love jesus and 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 all those type of things or did it not really resonate with you so I think like, I, I, I mean, I don't remember really being a child going to church, but I remember being like a teenager, like a, a young teenager. And I remember, I guess, yeah. So before I, um, you know, had certain personal struggles and yeah, that kind of 
yeah like when when things felt like more solid and things in my like personal foundation I kind of liked the idea of this like I guess like Jesus Christ figure and it was like something solid and something that like made sense but then I think as I got older and had like my own issues I started kind of resenting God and I didn't love God and I kind of just I kind of doubted a lot of the things but mainly I think my relationship with God became more of a like angry one okay and now it feels like full circle because I kind of am at the point now where like I really and I don't necessarily subscribe to the belief of like Jesus Christ but I have my own like idea of what God is and that's more of like a higher power a higher being and my you know uh, that that's a very broad subject but basically I feel like I'm I need God in my life now to live like a balanced and happy life like without that I wouldn't be where I am but I think like I went through more years than let like more of my growing up was probably questioning it more than it was like relying on it if that makes sense yeah and my brother and sister are actually like okay actually don't record that part because I I don't know now if it's a fact but they were atheists so who knows um but yeah basically I think out of the five of us I would say my mom dad and I are probably the more spiritual ones okay and how were you as a teenager were you a little rebel, rebel bitch, or were you kind of this compliant little good girl? I kind of think of the, you, you as this emotional break type of girl, that kind of just, Boy, you just don't... so angry at the world and everybody. <laughs> well, I was like, I think that was a that was a. I think I'm I'm definitely quite a layered and complex person because I think on the outside I can you know I've always appeared like a certain way, but then on the on the inside I did have a lot of anger and rage and I remember like my mom just saying to me or, or someone like my brother once when I went through a really hard time and like in my 20s and he wrote me a letter he's like I just hope one day like all the anger like pain like you know that you can move through that because I think I did have like a lot of resentment and I kind of made like oh this happened in my life like woe is me and it became this whole like you know not really acceptance of everyone has their struggles in life mm-hmm. and it's not like this personal thing so me as a teenager, I was just like quite debaucherous. I did a lot of um, sneaking out. I no, didn't I like respect the rule of parents, but I didn't respect myself. I didn't respect anything. I was just okay. doing so after school. Like this was after around 14, 15. This is when things, you know, started going down a slippery slope. But like I would go after school, like basically I'm saying on school nights, I would sneak out of my window and like then I would go to nightclubs and I was 16 I was going out with guys that were 26 and 30 they'd pick me up outside my house oh we'd my go man. out to the local bars in Cork Bay Musenberg I'd come back wasted like school the next day snuck over the oh. gate snuck into the window and it was so dangerous like I remember the one night this guy fetching me he actually was a drug dealer and he fetched me and something was wrong with one of his tires and he was in this convertible and he was speeding. And I remember just thinking like, this is dangerous, but I'm not going to get out of the car. I'm not going to say anything because whatever, like I'm living this crazy yeah. kind of, it was kind of like, a, um, you know, just a quick, like everything was just this impulsive, reckless kind of behavior. And I just kind of, I didn't, yeah, it was just quite crazy. Basically I was very reckless. I was rebellious. And I think, I just had this very um, kind of not thinking about consequences and what tomorrow is going to bring kind of attitude. And at the time, you know, and that in itself becomes like very addictive, I guess. Mm. 
Um, is- the thrill and the shame and the drama. Mm. Um, <laughs> it was a shit show, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I can say. Fucking little shit show. I love that word. It, it, it's such a powerful word. It's a shit show. Shit Listen. show. My life was a fucking shit show. <laughs> Listen, and are you the youngest? No, I'm the oldest. Oh, my God. So I'm 32. My brother's 30. And my youngest sister is 22. And then, oh, and I have um, another brother who is, 12 so yeah so I really am the oldest so did your parents know that you were sneaking out at night and all those type of things or were you were you good at it and it never never caught you (laughs) well I've never I was never caught but my mom came into my room she heard a noise and she came into or she went to the bathroom and she saw a light was on and she came into my room and she said she saw me lying on my bed and she was like I was staring at the and now I'm in a few shame bless her like a lot like many years later she was like oh no yeah she assumed I was just like depressed and like staring at the roof but I was like very drunk and I was obviously like drunk and messed I was just lying on my bed and like you know and she was I mean whether or not I was in pajamas but I was fucked and I was lying on my bed just dazed staring at the roof or the walls I don't know and actually that was so inadvertently I was caught, but I don't think it was ready, but I was never actually caught sneaking. And I had, I had like a master plan and way of doing it. <laughs> so, so you were never accused of setting a bad example for your, for your siblings. Well, I actually was just because that, just because I wasn't caught doing that. I was, uh, you know, everyone kind of knew what I was up to on the weekends and whatever. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Interesting. And what happened with, for you after school? Did you go to varsity, college, tech? Um, yeah, so um, I went to, um, I wanted to be an a artist. Home, a home for unwedded like... mothers. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. You're all the worst. <laughs> you are so bad. <laughs> oh, I thought that was very funny. Sorry. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> no luckily luckily i i luckily i had that part of my of my brain screwed on that part of my head screwed on good (laughs) somehow somehow so i wanted to be a painter so i went to um i went to michaelis which is the fine art department of university of cape town and i studied fine art for a year and then in one of my practical subjects, um, so you needed a 50 to pass. And one of my, I think it was in sculpture, part of foundation. I failed. I got 48%. Oh, so no. it would mean that I would have to do the, actually repeat the whole foundation year. And it would basically, oh, at that wow. point, I just decided, like, I don't want to do this. Um, in retrospect, I mean, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I, I think about if I had just redone that and, moved forward but I think I was also not really sure kind of what direction I was going I knew I wanted to be an artist but I I just you know I was kind of swept up in another kind of um area of my life being like boyfriends and I wasn't really focusing on myself I was just you know focusing on a kind of toxic relationship so unfortunately I wasn't I, I didn't think 
like I didn't have much direction. So anyway, then I then I worked for a year and I worked as a waitress um, at the Empire Cafe in Musenberg, which is like right by the beach. Oh, lovely. Lovely place to work. And then I worked in like some clothing boutiques in Hey, Yeah. And then I worked in clothing boutiques and then I was like, um, and then I decided I want to be a fashion designer and I went to go study um, fashion design at Cape Tech. Awesome. Cool. So. And did you finish that? Yeah. So then I did the diploma. So I did three years and I graduated, did my fashion show, graduated. And then I um, worked. I had a lot of jobs. Well, so I first, my first ever job was an intern at a fashion intern at Oprah magazine in town. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh and Oprah magazine. Yeah. It was wow. it was such amazing experience. And I was, yeah, like I it's if you've seen the devil wears Prada, I was that little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw the devil wears Prada. One, one of Ooh. my favorite, favorite things in life comes That's from all. Devil Wears Prada. That's I still I still one day want to dismiss somebody with the words. That's all. <laughs> Did you hear what I I literally said that's all. Okay. Oh, just gonna, that's all. Just gonna, just absolutely. I mean, isn't that just so fucking dismissive? Just gonna. It's so powerful, you, you and she's just exist. like. You just don't exist. You, I'm, I'm no. Just like get out. Just, just get out now. You're done. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, God, my inner child already starts crying just hearing the words in the movie. <laughs> I know, but literally, then I don't know if you would have survived. Freddie, I don't know if you're hardcore enough to have survived what I've gone through being in the fashion industry. I think you would have cried your way out of it. Is it? And, and you didn't. You, 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 you survived it. I somehow have survived. And I'm, I, I, I do see myself as quite a sensitive soul, but I have somehow gone through it. Yeah. Let me tell you, like, in, you know, when you study young fashion, like one of my lecturers, amazing with this, like, you know, so he was very flamboyant, very over the top. And he, anyway, and he was, I mean, he was dramatic, but I think he, I think he probably, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I could be exaggerating, but I think he once referred to my work as like, shit. <laughs> so when in front of the whole class, like if he knows that you can do better, like he would literally just make you like want to die, like right then oh, and there, yeah. like he would do like a class critique, like, hmm. Do you guys think Nappy could have done better than this? Because I don't know what she was thinking. Okay. Oh, then. Um, so basically they, <sighs> they, they break you, but for a reason, because you need like the standards are so high, but also in the industry, you are going to deal with a whole bunch of yeah. bitches. Yeah, it's a vicious and industry. they you. had to prepare us for that hardcore industry, mm. because if you're not good enough, they will tell you that's all and goodbye. Yeah. And, you know, it's there's a lot of fake people in the industry. And I've worked in, you know, for quite a few different companies. And I mean, at the end of the day, you get lovely people, but you get a lot of fake, shallow, yeah. bitchy people in the industry. It's not a stereotype. It is true. Yeah. Trust me. I, th I think I read the book Fashion Babylon. <laughs> Have you ever read it? <laughs> no. Have you heard about the Babylon books? No, it actually sounds they, interesting, though. They, they had a range of, of, of books. I think there's Fashion Babylon, Pop Babylon, um, Hotel Babylon. So the guy takes 
industries that 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 are normally quite emote emotion driven um high energy um 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 um, um, um always with interesting characters and he always based a story around it so i think a lot of it is is based in truth but he he, he, he makes it fiction but um you get mm. a very clear picture of, of what's happening in the in, in the industry um and i read fashion that's super interesting actually it's quite it's an easy read it, it's not not actually an academic paper but it's quite entertaining so if you have a weekend alone in bed and it's cold and wintry then get yourself a babylon book and just whiz through it really quickly while you eat five packets of wine gums or something like that <laughs> oh my god no i'm not even touching any sugar like my personal trainer right now was like if you want a cheat day you know what he said to me he was like if you want a cheat meal you can have a banana but make sure there's no carbs in your other meals of the day i was like good god just for just for these two to three weeks though and then obviously it becomes a little okay. bit more balanced but at the yeah. moment it's just protein protein and veg basically my personal and... trainer also sent me this thing kind of as from monday you can partake in my in my boot camp and about 15 times in this boot camp there was no cheat days no cheat days no cheat days so i sent him a message no 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 there's there's actually no cheat days no. like so i'm I not sent him a message i'm not I'm like, thank you very much for that but that sounds far too butch for me <laughs> no way <laughs> I'm like yo it's heavy though it's heavy no, but no, it's I, I don't want to I just 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 no um it's just it's really not that important for me to look that good so um I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm far more into the the kind of gentle way like in one of my no, training sessions is is a stretching is a stretching session <laughs> you know, I I don't I don't handle sweat very well so Natalie tell me that yes. you that you ever with your period at at at, at Oprah magazine meet the queen of talk no I never did unfortunately how did she she not come out to meet you does she know know. who you are that's a thing she doesn't even know like there was pictures of her in the office like with our editor but I know how dare she and I was like telling people like oh like I work for Oprah basically but I didn't really at all I worked for like associated media that was about it (laughs) um you worked for Oprah but I did I did but unfortunately Oprah didn't pay me so that wasn't very nice oh she she can be so stingy sometimes (laughs) (laughs) because you know as an intern it's basically just like slave labor you are lit, but lit, it also is like they wipe the floors with. <laughs> no, honestly, like bring my coffee now, bitch. Where is it? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I and read a second in, ago. any other interesting brands you were involved with? So I worked for them and then I worked for um High Pacifica Media and we did do you know like the at home store? Yeah. So we, I was a day, so I worked as a fashion intern and then I worked as a decor intern um, and then, sorry, and then I got my first permanent job ever as a decor assistant and basically I worked for Living Space magazine or they were the magazine I did styling for. So what we did is we would do, we would get all the props, we would source them from Living Space and then we would do shoots and, you know, we got homes that, for the shoots and we would style everything, all the items. um, In the magazine, so that was by, actually really fun. But now we know for every for every shoot that you want more color with scatter cushions, darling. Just just add scatter. <laughs> oh my <laughs> I, god! I, I know. I hate a fucking scatter scatter cushion. 
and we've, and we've got four in our lounge because our lounge needs some color. <laughs> Why do you hate them? Do they just annoy you? They, they just annoy me because they're not comfortable to, to, to ever sit with. I know. I they, they're know. not functional. Where, they're just where, not functional. Where do you put it? And these people have these beds with all these scattered pillows yes no i can't i can't do like a thought that they're not functional and sometimes i mean they they have to be nice but sometimes they can be like a bit on the tacky side no we've got two two beautiful ones which i really really like but the first thing i do when i go and sit on the couch i throw it off is you take it off this is the thing but they become like where the cats want to sit isn't it like they it becomes like the animals the animal chairs Mm, yeah yeah they they, they um Okay, and 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 in, in oh, in and this, then yeah, sorry, carry on. No, if this uh, other interesting places you worked for, one a year that first. So I worked for them, and actually, and then the other job, the last job that I had uh, was for um, Design Works, and I was a footwear designer, and my main client was Pep. So I designed shoes for Pep stores for ladies. Good grief. Well, I know so, a girl who used to be a footwear designer or is still a footwear designer. So during this phase, working in an industry that's actually quite plastic, not real, if I can, yeah. can, can, can put it that way, where, where did you stand in terms of, of authenticity, in terms of realness, um, if you understand my question? Yes. So basically, I mean, it. I think it, it's always a bit of a – not so much a dilemma but it's it's more it's not so much about even the nature of my work it's the people that i'm around so yeah. when you're Sorry, in this I, kind I, of I, in- I have to interrupt you quickly to, to, just to get context for myself so yeah. by this time have you have you let go of of, of 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 the storm years of your life are you now a bit more calm and a bit more centered yeah yeah okay. at this time i'm i am like i mean okay. I, I was in my late 20s at this point and i was okay. you know a lot more a lot more um, happy within myself, and you know, I'd 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 pass those years of okay. drinking and doing whatever else, and sorted my life out. You oh, know, cool. become you know, had been sober a few years already. Oh wow! Um, so I was yeah, I was a lot more um, I was a lot more of a functional and uh, responsible adults and yeah like I'd kind of come into my own a lot more oh cool um still yeah so I think at that at that point I definitely was more grounded than like five years before then deaths okay okay awesome and um okay so, so so back to the answer to that question so how how do you deal with with with, with so now what, what the picture I had is kind of you've you've gone through this kind of um, 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 really hectic phase of, of your life. You are more centered. You, 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 you. Also, yeah, you're more spiritual. Um, but now you're still in this weird industry that's kind of just not not connected with with reality. <laughs> well, that's exactly, and it's so interesting that you mentioned that because it, it it I remember feeling almost like this. It sounds very weird, but like or not so much weird, dramatic, like I felt like this hole in my soul because I felt like what I'm doing is not meaningful. Mm. It's not fulfilling and it's not in line with my, like my lifelong kind of values and goals. And I remember feeling this like kind of like darkness and like emptiness because I'm, I'm, you know, I know how to do my job. I'm good at my job, but it's not actually like, it doesn't give me that feeling of like what I'm doing is meaningful and I've created this, 
this thing that's going to really make a difference. And, you know, and I think that is such a, you know me well, you know, that's the, mm. the kind of person that I yeah. am. That's exactly and, why I asked that question. Because yeah. I so I, I, I definitely felt, yeah. yeah, I definitely felt this like disparage from, you know, what I felt in my heart and my soul and what I was actually doing. And I think that it, it becomes quite confusing for a creative because mm. often there's commercially there's like certain avenues and you kind of unless you're doing your own brand and doing your own thing you get stuck in these kind of corporate jobs yeah. and you're doing something for someone else's vision so mm. do you know what I mean so it's not like oh I'm doing my own brand and it's meaningful because I'm designing for myself and but when you're doing a brand when you're working for someone else they literally give you a brief you must design something I'm like x y and z do, 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 do. so you're not so not coming from your own soul. Yeah. So it's like I was not—I was not just being a creative. I was being creative, like a robe, a monkey for someone else, mm. like a Photoshop monkey. So that also yeah. takes it away. And so you, I literally, think, you literally sell your soul. Um, well, this is it. You sell your soul, and it's high stress. And you also around. I mean, I did in every job that I've had. I've made friends. I'm still friends with today. But there's there were few and far between because you also get a lot of people that are you know, they, it's just superficial mm. and um, you just have to watch your back all the time. And it's, it's disappointing because the, when you're fine, everything's fine. And if you, if you're going through something, then you're just like the talk of the office. And yeah. I kind of just felt like a lot of my interactions weren't from my side, they were authentic, but I kind of felt, you know, you, you think your relationships are a bit more meaningful than what they actually are. But anyway, yeah. I reached a I really struggled with this thing that this kind of dilemma that we're talking about, which is, you know, where you feel like you're in the superficial world and you're not living your authentic, mm. you're not being your authentic self, yeah. um, but you're doing it to pay the bills and you're doing it to survive yep. um, with there. the qualification that you have. I understand. <laughs> God almighty. So yeah. then I reached, I was not happy and I reached and I ended up resigning due to the state that I was in. I actually ended up resigning from this job. So am I hearing you that you lost, that you lost your job because you were just, you lost touch with your own soul? Basically, yes. Okay. Is that when you went to the UK? You decided that bugger this bullshit, I'm going to, to kind of live authentically in the UK? Well, basically I thought... It was interesting because between, so after I resigned from this job and I realized I'm, I don't want to do this again, I don't want to work for corporate. And I just, I was so miserable. And since I was 19, I'd had these on and off uh, babysitting jobs. That's how I used to make money on the okay. weekends and like pocket money. So I was always with an agency. So it was really nice. Like I hooked up with the agency straight away and they were like, cool, they got a job for me. And it was with this British lady and she happened, where was she? She was like in Newlands and I was like, got this amazing job. And it was, I was like seeping over because she was in the film industry and I was looking after her little okay. baby. And I was making obviously like this nice money. And I just literally, I don't know if it was this like kind of epiphany moment. And I was like, it was like two in the morning and I like the baby was asleep, Lala. And I was like, oh my goodness, what if I had to do this? What if I actually had to like do this au pairing thing overseas? Like, cause she was mm -hmm. mentioning, oh, when she moves back to UK, maybe she'll need someone. And then not even thinking directly related to her, because I I have this Irish passport and I was able, I knew I was going to be able to, yeah. well, I knew wow. it was always an option. And then I just thought, why don't I do this? And then I got myself on this um, allpayworld.com and it just felt like so much more, 
like real and like, you know, in line with something that's a little bit more, mm. I guess, meaningful to me, which is being part of like a child's development and, yeah. you know, and so it all happened really quickly. And I got this job like two, around two months after I had this first thought, I think a month after that, I put the ad up and then a month later it was confirmed. And then a month after that, I was in oh my England. God. And you're still with the same family that you joined. Then. Yeah. So it's been wow. three years now and I'm with the same family and it's going really well. Um, I like, I really, we, we have a really good dynamic. We've ironed out a lot of like, you know, I guess issues in terms of like, you know, differences in ways of doing things, not even so much personalities, just, you know, my boss is super organized and I'm naturally not that organized. So I think we've had to kind of meet halfway and I've also mm. learned you know, to be a lot more methodical and to, you know, <laughs> yeah. to do what I need to do to make sure she's happy and to make sure yeah. the family runs smoothly. So I'm also the family PA. So I have, I'm always up to my ears and admin mm-hmm. and um, running the show. But yeah. I'm really, I've, I've got to tell you, there's not been one day in three years and I'm not lying to you now. There's not been one day that I haven't woken up and not wanted to go to work. Oh, wow. Do you know do you know, for me to be able to say that, I've never dreaded work. Not yeah. one day have I dreaded oh, wow, work. Wow. I mean, what? like, how lucky am I? How yeah. lucky am I? That's awesome. That's really awesome. So, last question, because we'd be getting to our 45 minutes. Yes, I will sign wow. autographs. Yeah. I will sign autographs. <laughs> I will do it for you, Freddie. I will absolutely do it. I will email thank them. I'll email you. it to you later. Thank you, you so much. It. Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay, so that's it answered my question bye no. <laughs> um, so what i wanted to say is that so where do you stand in terms of your spirituality today you, you you mentioned earlier that 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 you're quite kind of uh, uh, eclectic so um um are you do you do things like pray and meditate and yeah yoga and walk in nature and whatever i don't know just 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 just, just in, end us with 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 do you have a concept of, of a God of a higher power or something? And how do you connect and, and stay in touch with, with being, not being a pupil? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So basically for me, it's like, um, I find that I'm most connected to my higher power when I'm in nature, which is interesting that you mentioned that I love going for walks and runs. I like going for hikes. I love, yeah. So especially actually when I'm near the ocean is when I also feel super connected. Um, and so but basically yeah i i do a lot of prayer i do believe like for me my connection with my higher power i wanted to mention earlier but like that gut feeling and that intuition has now i've realized like in the last few years like that is actually my higher power like connecting with my higher powers when i have that feeling of this is not okay and i'm not comfortable with this that's my higher power and my god going like okay take note of this yes and kind of always and follow that gut instinct it, and it, also it's kind of, kind of god going tapping you on your shoulder Natalie. no literally it's and that like, and yeah. you know and that well, these are all kind of i guess the subconscious things i'm mentioning but also um when i do believe like you know my higher power will speak through certain people like if someone says a certain thing at a at a recovery meeting or at a, you know someone you meet down the streets or you know a friend you're talking to and I, you just think, oh my God, like, I can't believe it. Like I spoke mm-hmm. to my therapist the other day and she said something, Freddie, it blew my mind. I was like, where has the statement been my whole life? Like, mm-hmm. And I do believe that like, sometimes you hear exactly what you need to hear at the right time to help you yeah. in the process you're in. And 
so these, I guess, are all the sub like the things, not an active thing, but I do, um, I do my prayer, I do my meditation. Oh. Um, and also when I'm listening to, I find like I really enjoy listening to classical piano music. And when Ooh. I'm also listening to, yeah, like to piano, then I also feel like really, really connected to God. Um, so it That's comes, it comes in all different ways, shapes and yeah. forms, but I feel like, um, yeah, my I know when my connection's strong and I know when I need to, you know, work on it. And because I must, I find that when I'm not being true to myself, when I start doing things that aren't in line with, you know, what I feel is right, that's when my mm -hmm. connection isn't as strong as what it needs to be. And then I have to look at how to get that stronger again and, yeah. you know, be authentic. Yeah, my feelings also, if, if, if our connection isn't strong, we're not aware of the tap on the shoulder. <laughs> Mm. no exactly and then you go actually what's happening here what am i avoiding exactly in my yeah. life very very so. true natalie this was beautiful this was so awesome oh it was um, amazing freddie oh I'm, it's so I'm, nice I'm, just to chat with you on the sunday eve i told you it's going to be just a cattle chat so um yeah not nothing to be anxious about and you were super relaxed lying in your bed and chatting away no this was beautiful i thank you from the bottom of my of my heart I'm so happy we did this. Oh, thank you, um, And have a most beautiful week, week ahead of you. I am incredibly grateful to Natalie for doing this recording and chatting to us. I know it has been a terribly difficult time for her in terms of death, illness, loss and disappointment in the week leading up to our chat. I take my hat off to her for showing up as authentically and energetically as she did. Thanks, Natalie. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at, at @RaceBookFreddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.